This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. It's a big pet peeve of mine to, or at least something I try to focus on when I get a bill from a vendor, pay it right away, right? Obviously, if there are times where business is tough, it's important to have a conversation. People are people and they could fall on tough times. But I think people do a good job at paying their employees on time, right? We know that's a biblical commandment. But when it comes to vendors and outsiders, right, and there's net 30 and you got to pay it and and it's pushed off to 60 and 90 and people now have to borrow money because a select few aren't paying their vendors on time. There's a real agnus nefesh. There's a real frustration and, and you're causing real pain to other people. And you're saying that it, that's a critical component to being a good Jew. Critical is, is, uh, is not an overstatement at all. Honesty is the fabric of the soul. You know, all the mitzvahs we do, all the tshuva we're trying to accomplish, we repent, we're trying to cleanse our soul. But what is the soul? What is the soul made out of? You know, if we could look at the soul under a microscope, mm-hmm. what is it? The soul is truth. It's a piece of the Almighty. The Almighty's signature characteristic is MS, truth. The soul is truth. And if there's a corrosion of truth, there's nothing more harmful to the foundation of the Jew. So this is something we have to have a little bit of a reality shift. We spoke about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Mm-hmm. You know, like imagine... What did Rabbi Yisrael Salanter do like Erev Yom Kippur? Like, you know, the day before the holiest day of the year. That's a big day. You know, we would think, I don't know, what do tzaddikim do? They probably go to the, you know, the mikvah and they immerse, you know, many, many times and they confess and they pray and... No. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Erev Yom Kippur, he prayed. He went home right away and he went into the kitchen. What's he doing in the kitchen? He went into the pantry. He took out a hammer. He puts the hammer under his jacket. He heads out to every shul, every synagogue in the neighborhood. And he went to all the benches and he starts to bang in the nails in every bench. Well, what are you doing? He said, well, whoever owns the, this public area, if they cause one person's suit to tear or one woman's dress to tear and they don't pay back, they're a robber, they're a stealer. And forget about all the maybe minutia that people are thinking about and doing tshuva, and they're all important. More important than that is not causing damage to somebody else. So this is a tremendous reality shift in terms of what our focus needs to be on uh, preparing for Rosh Hashanah. You know, part of our process of, of tshuva is, okay, anyone, do I owe anybody money? Mm-hmm. Did I borrow money from anybody? You know, did I take a haircut and maybe forget to pay the barber? The Chavetz Chaim would say, you go to the barber, you pay him. Think, I am now fulfilling the biblical commandment of paying a worker on time. Mm. You know, there are not that many things we could do a day that are midairaisa, biblical. You know, you, you daven. You have Shema might be dairaisa, talis, tefillin. But in the realm of money, it's all we're dealing with dairaisa. So the, this is a whole world that we can't allow to get, you know, forgotten. If anything, it should be the primacy of, of our attention. And then in general, 
you know, when it, when it comes to, let's say, spiritual growth, you know, people are preparing themselves for the high holy days. Everybody wants to grow. That's a big buzzword today. You know, am I growing? Am I growing? How do you grow? How do you, how does a person elevate themselves? And this is for Jewish people and all human beings. What gives us aliyah? What gives us elevation? You know, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, he was the greatest all-time prophet. You know, in comparison to other Nevi'im, in comparison to other prophets, he prophesied with something called a clear prism, all the other prophets, you know, Yeshaya, Yermia, Yecheskel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they, they prophesied, but it wasn't with a clear prism. The first time God spoke to, to Moshe Rabbeinu, he calls out to him, Moshe, Moshe, you know, it's the only time in the whole Tanakh that Hashem addresses a human being saying their name in succession without any pause. Moshe, this is big stuff. This is Moshe's first conversation with God and in the history of the world, the most clear divine revelation. So I just wondered, what the man do to deserve that? It's not like, you know, the average person is going to walk down the street. The average yeshiva bachar, you know, he's davening in his yeshiva. He's not receiving like divine instruction. Hashem's not calling them by. What did Moshe do to deserve this level of spiritual uh, connection? Look in the Pesukim. Look in Rashi. Look, there's a gift from Shemayim. The only thing we find before God addresses Moshe Rabbeinu is he took his sheep and he brought them to graze in the desert where nobody owned the property. Says Rashi, to distance himself from stealing. Oh, God says, that's my man. Moshe, Moshe. That's stunning. That's stunning. Here you have the greatest spiritual elevation ever achieved. So let's identify, what did he do? Did he learn in Kailal for 20 years before God spoke to him? No. Did he pray for, for days on end? Did he fast? Did he go to the mikvah? These are all wonderful things. No, you know what he did? He was cautious not to take money that didn't belong to him. And look what he was catapulted to. I'd love to see a nonprofit built around this idea, not not necessarily putting down the people that aren't on this caliber, but but highlighting the the righteous, the people that are are should be known. This oh, so and so he pays everybody on. He pays early. You know, he, this is his bread and butter. His bread and butter is, you know, 100% satisfaction rate. And and I, I kind of feel like when you say a reality shift, it, it truly is because we live in America, right? America is the, is the land of the free and capitalism and chasing every dollar and God bless. And we're, and we're so happy to, to live here. But part of that is, you know, don't be Mr. Nice Guy. You want to be successful in business? You can't be a nice guy because right. nice guys finish, finish last, last, right? Yeah. That's what, you know, the Rambam is, is sort of alerting us to, that don't make that mistake. You know, don't think in the back of your head, you know, there's religion and there's business and never the twain shall meet. This is an ingredient in successful business. You know, people intuit, they want to deal with somebody like that. They want to give somebody like that the business. Even to emphasize another account of this, you know, Remember Yaakov Avinu, he's on his way to get married and he goes to Temple Mount and he's, he's lying there on the Temple Mount. He has a dream 
and there are angels going up and down the ladder in his dream. You know, that's pretty good. Most, most people are not dreaming of angels going up and down the ladder. And then 20 years later, he's on his way back. And he sees angels. He encounters angels. Wait a second. This time, he's not dreaming. This time, he's talking to them like, you know, we talk to each other. So what happened? Obviously, he grew tremendously on a spiritual level that he used to only see the angels in a dream, and now he's seeing them in a state of being awake. So I remember personally, I heard this from Harava Avigdor Miller, that you know what he did? He wasn't learning for 20 years. He had learned before he saw the angels the first time. He wasn't praying. He was working. And he wasn't taking paper clips. And he wasn't making calls on the boss's bill. Working honestly brings spiritual elevation in a way more than anything else. You know, I think people think, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning. First, I'm going to put in my, uh, I'm going to go to a shul. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to learn that. I'm going to put in my spiritual activities for a day. And then let's say, you know, everything is over. And now I'm going to go make money. I'm going to enter the no, arena, right? And, then, and, and, and be the first, the top of my class and push everyone to the right, side, then, right? Once I'm out of the shul, once I'm finished with my uh, morning spirituality, then uh, the everything comes goes. On. Yeah, then we're in the ring. Right. You know? But if anything, you know, that's when the arena of spiritual growth begins. It's easy to be. It's easy to be righteous in the base haknesses. The real elevation comes in the workplace. It's so true, and and it's hard because I think a lot of people that do experience this frustration there's a certain loneliness to it, right? It's not like they're screaming from the top of the roof. It's an email to company, hey, you have an outstanding bill, right? They're not going to go and talk badly about the person. They're, you know, maybe they'll speak with a spouse and, and there's a certain sense of suffering that happens behind closed doors and it's not it's not public. But I think if people did have that realization that it's not just, spiritual success, right? You you mentioned Yaakov and his financial success because he did the right thing. And you said this in Toronto that Aliyah elevation is found in your pocket, right? So yeah. it, it's the full 360, right? If you take care of others, you're going to be taken care of and your family will be taken care of. What was the story that you heard, I think it was by a bris. Yeah, that's, shared. it's funny that you uh, bring that up. This goes back maybe 20 years ago. Okay. I was at a bris, and uh, the speeches of the grandparent at the bris is usually not the focal point of a bris. Most people, uh, I don't think, are that focused on that. But I remember this really stood out of my mind. And I had called up this uh, grandfather, even if I had permission to relay the story, and I, I've said it over. He said that um, his father came over after the war. He came, I believe, to Montreal. His father was successful in raising all of his children, you know, on the straight and the narrow to be, you know, good, upstanding Yidin, upstanding citizens. And a lot of his friends weren't so successful in raising their children, didn't have the nachas from their children that, you know, that as parents we hope for. And his father once confided in him that he believes very strongly that the reason he merited to have Erlicha children, honest children, is because he was honest in business. Now, this is not like a glamorous story that you're going to hear. Usually you'll hear a story, oh, this person, you know, he uh, walked through the snow to say, Baruch Hashem 
or to, to, to hear Baruchu by Mariv in a blizzard. So that's why he was a Zoycha to have, you know, many generations. This is not a very glamorous story, but it really, it moved me. And I have to say, I wanted to do research about, look, we all know that as parents or anybody who is raising children or hopes to raise children, it's every parent's dream to have uh, God-fearing children, polite children, erlicha children, honest children. And, you know, what does it depend on? So people say, yeah, it depends on. You have to feed the kid kosher food, you know. If you feed the kid kosher food, then his, uh, he'll, he'll grow up, he'll develop to be a kosher person. Mm-hmm. And look, I speak about this subject with, with genuine sensitivity because it's a very delicate subject. And who are we to understand the mysteries of Hashem's providence? But one thing that our generation faces is, you know, the phenomenon of children that go off. And, you know, who are we to offer rationale behind it? But we would be remiss if we didn't try to study what our classic sources tell us about this. So, And we'll try to spin it in a positive way, because if we know what to do positively, we could try to take advantage of that to, to merit good children. The Bnei Yisachar brings, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ellie, you're, you're a descendant of the Bnei Yisachar. Direct. My Direct. Mo- my mother, father, mother, 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 father. Yeah, it's right there. Wow. It's, a, it's big zuchos to be on your show for, for that and for many reasons. But the Bnei Yisachar writes in a Sefer Igra de Perka, he says that he heard from his Rebbe, from Menachem Mendel Rimenov, that children go off because they eat non-kosher. And it doesn't mean non-kosher food, he says. It's because they don't use kosher money to purchase the food. And the children are developing and growing up with food purchased with trafe money. So, again, we share it with, with a lot of sensitivity, but it can't be hidden. They showed this to Rev. Aaron Cutler. Mm-hmm. Rev. Aaron said, of course, the source of this, he says, is, is in a Yushalmi and in a Zohar, meaning this is a tried and proven idea in Judaism that a person's future generations depend on primarily on the honesty of the money that they earn. It takes kosher money to the uh, most literal sense possible. Boom. We'll be right back to this week's episode. But first, a quick official real estate tip. The question of the week for Shmuel Shiwitz of approved funding. Shmuel, are you ready? Here we go. 60 seconds. Tell me what someone in today's age needs to know when they buy a home. So I would say the first thing somebody should do when they're looking to buy a home is reach out to a financial professional. Figure out somebody like me or somebody similar to what I do. Figure out what you can afford what you would qualify for. They're not one and the same, but you need to do the research. The most important thing, which is timeless, is know what you're getting into, know what you need to know, know what you don't need to know. And if somebody's not willing to give you the time and the patience to work with you on your level, then it's probably not the right person for you. Step one, they call Shmuel. What's next? Depending on their plan, we either help them be in touch with real estate professional, CPA, financial planners, attorneys, and hook them up with the right network sphere that we work with or work with the people that they already work with, which I'm sure we work with most of them, and build this team around them. 
because you need to be surrounded by the right people working all for you with the same goal. Love it. Shmuel Shaiwitz, straight to the point, does not beat around the bush. You can get more of Shmuel, approvedfunding.com slash kosher money. Look them up there. Tell them your friends at Kosher Money sent you. And now back to this week's episode. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.